TYH Nation presents a Monitor at Work with Label Schwartz, episode 12 with Srili Shane. Thank you for coming. My pleasure. Tell me a little bit about um, where you came from. I grew up in Adelphia, New Jersey, small little town near Lakewood, but really set apart. Small little town, there was the yeshiva there, I lived on campus, I was... You know, from the kid? As a kid, I grew up there. I grew up there and all I knew was that kind of life. You walk down the block and there was a farm and there was the lady selling corn and there's the cows. And it's as, as much as it's so close to Lakewood, it was a completely serene place and there was a yeshiva there. So I grew up in the yeshiva, saw my father running his yeshiva, seeing how he interacts with the, with the boys there and that's all I knew. And like they say, the shoemaker's son, right? And I, I didn't end up anywhere <laughs> near that career path at all. But like you said, it, it, I think if it's a contrast, then it's weird that I would jump from one to the other. If you look at it as a foundation, if you look at it as a way of life and a way of putting your priorities in the right place, and now how am I taking those priorities and applying them to the next part of my life, and I'm still trying to do that, but that's the path that, at least I feel that, the chinuch for my parents has taught me to do. It's a big gap between on the farm in yeshiva to traveling, conferences, meeting the people that you have to meet in your business world. There seems to be a separation there, but it sounds like you're saying there's not really. Physically, there is. Physically, it's different when you're, you're not walking into yeshiva, you're not walking in to spend the next hour or two hours at the kavrusa. You're spending the next hour or two hours negotiating with somebody on a call and then having a conversation with people that um, there's a conflict that you need to work out or whatever it is. It's definitely a physical difference. But if you look at it from a perspective of this is what I believe, this is the way I, I run my life, and this is a situation where I need to apply it. So there are many situations, obviously, and those will be very different. But if you're trying to run through that, those guidelines and through that lens, pardon the <laughs> photography pun, <laughs> if you're trying to run through that lens, then you're going to apply it similarly. So I don't is, see it so much as a conflict. Which is so crazy because recently my Shiva came to me. He said, Label, I see you're hitting a wall. I know you forever, and I see that you've grown to a certain point, and I think it's my job to let you know. Wow. And what respect. So he wrote me a beautiful letter, really like a beautiful letter. You don't get these letters, right? Exactly what it is that... Nobody gets letters at all. Right, right, right. You get a letter from your... It's weird because it's a letter through WhatsApp, you know what I mean? But like, but it hit really, really, really hard. It hit home. And I realized that as much as I had grown through my yeshiva time, I felt like I went through my yeshiva time. Then I went to work and started building this thing. And now there comes to be part of life where I actually kind of have to bring them together. So he actually offered me to learn one-on-one Mishle with the album. And it has been mind-boggling to see the amount of wisdom that's right, like, I'm talking like business stuff. Forget about like, you know, the Torah and the stuff that's helping me at home. I'm talking about straight business, how to deal with people that are crooked, how to deal with people that are straight, how to create 
assets, where to invest, like all the crazy stuff that I'm trying to figure out by sitting with incredible business people. And I'm like, wait a second, it's literally all here. And like my Shiva has it. <laughs> That's not where I was expecting it. So you're saying, you're saying it's not a conflict because it's really the same importance you can learn from there. You can learn it on the street. That's the weirdest thing though. Like Yaakov was saying, Ishtam Yosheva Halim, yeah? He was just the most Ehrlich type of person you ever saw in your life. He ousted Lavan. He ousted Asa. You have to be able to have all the street smarts, have everything you have, and not use it. And not use it. Meaning you need to know everything on that side. You need to know how to get yourself out of a scrappy situation. You know how to, you need to figure out how to oust someone. You need to figure out how to protect yourself in law. You need to do all those things and then never have to use it unless you do. It's like you need to learn martial arts. To never, ever, but never ever. use it. That's right. I need to know it. Yeah, yeah. Should that, I run into that situation? I'm there. So that's the kind of how I started to think about it. Yeah. Very interesting. I don't know how much we've talked about this, but in our relationship, there was a point where you were running a company and then you told me, label, I'm going for smich. So I hang out a lot in, with some really great people. There's not too many people in the halfway through their professional career that told me they're going to go start smich. What happened? A close friend of mine was going for his accounting degree and I was working alongside him as my harusa, I was learning with him and I saw how much effort and how much time he was putting in to get to the other side of his degree and how, how dedicated he had to be in order to get there. And as much as I try to support and try to help him along, I couldn't really feel what it is. And one night he told me, he said, you know what, I'm going to push ahead with my degree. What are you doing? And it was always in the back of my head that as somebody growing up, you know, you know halacha, you know certain things, but you don't really own it. You know it and you're familiar with it. And when you get into a tight spot, we're like, uh-oh, am I allowed to do this? Am I not? You just try to make the best judgment call. And like, sometimes you mess up. So it was in my head that like, I know I should be doing this. And I think that was the thing that pushed me over the ledge. Like, you know what? I'm in and I'm going for it. And it was a couple of years. And it's not something that you've mastered. I'm done and I'm out of here. It's something that I'm still reviewing on a regular basis. And you need to still able to stay fresh on, on the material, but I'm very happy that I did it and I wish I could continue in, in learning more. Smicha obviously on different sections of How do you build time for it? Meaning, it's not like you have a nine to five and could check out and that's the end of it, right? How do you build time? Sometimes I feel like as a business owner, I have so much to do like, where am I building? I can scratch in a half hour in the morning. I'm stra- How do you build in the time? So the, the answer that, that somebody typically would say is, if you find it important, then you'll find the time. <laughs> I've is, heard that right? before. I've but heard. it's not true because I find it important, but how am I supposed to find the time? That's my question. Right? Yes. Honestly, there's a lot of time that you need to, to spend with your family. And if my wife didn't want me to spend the time learning if my children didn't respect the fact that I was learning and that's time that I'm going to be either learning with them or learning on my own I can't do it I can't do it because that's infringing on my time with them my time with my family or my responsibility as as somebody working in a company I have responsibilities there and there's no way 
that without the allowances of the people that I interact with, that I could do it. But thankfully, Baruch Hashem, I'm given that allowance, and it's still tight, and you still have to juggle it, and a lot of times I mess up, and I had a chavrusa last night, I wasn't able to make it because I had to go to a wedding, and these kind of things will happen. But if in your mind you know, this is what I, I'd like to do, this is how I'm trying to set my day up. I'm trying to set up that twice a week I'm doing X. The other two days I'm doing Y. And if there's a way that I know a direction I'd like to go, it won't work out every night, it won't work out every week. But that's always what my default is going to be, and that, that's what works for me and my schedule. Is it a maintenance thing, or do you actually feel yourself growing? Are you excited and growing in space? The way I see it is me personally, and everybody's different, but for me, I grow more when I'm in maintenance role. What I mean by that is, is that I learned it. And when you learn a new concept, it's very, very interesting, and it's, it gets your attention. I don't feel like I own a subject until I do the maintenance, until I review it, until I learn it and, and clarify it in my head. I don't feel like I have that. And that's the hardest part because it's not new and it's not exciting. But I would say it for everybody. If anybody is learning something, whatever their learning schedule is, it's much takes much quicker to review something. It goes much quicker because you're familiar with it. So all you need to do is give it a couple of minutes, but those couple of minutes are so hard. They're so hard because you're not driven, but then you own it and then it's yours. And then you'll love the fact that in a week, two weeks, a month from now, you're going to reference back and you're going to remember something versus it just being a vague thing that went in one ear, out the other ear, and, and it's not yours. Same thing happens in business. Why I used to take 45 minutes for a headshot, yeah? 45 minutes, I have to get the thing and have to connect with them emotionally, connect with them and head in the right, put in the light and whatever. But when you do it over and over and over and over, and that's where mastery comes from. It now takes us 47 seconds to do a headshot, a perfect headshot. But that's only because of the years and years of doing the exact same thing. And that sounds like what you're saying as well. Meaning, yeah, I could have gone to a billion other places, but doing the same thing a trillion times creates mastery. When you travel and you're, sometimes I see you up on stage talking, giving speeches and outside of our world, what's that like to jump out of the world and still be that Kiddush Hashem, to be that role model, to be that outstanding citizen and still keep the... Christine, or whatever that piece is, when you're not in the safety of our own. First of all, I think I have seen you in some instances, and you rocked it quite well. <laughs> but putting that aside, I, I definitely travel a little less than I used to. But traveling for me, you're a little bit like out of your out of your comfort zone. You're in nowhere land. You're going to a, a new state, a new city, a new environment, a conference, whatever it is, and sometimes you don't feel anchored, you don't feel like you're in your spot. My anchoring is, I'm davening, I'm trying to do my learning, I'm walking in and I'm trying to make a Kiddush Hashem. If, not only on obviously a requirement, this is what you need to do, everybody's looking at you and they're judging entire Judaism based on the one guy That's in the middle of Missouri that they met for three minutes <laughs> and in a conversation, but more than that, it actually, on a personal level, it actually helps because this is me, and I feel anchored to that. And like I said, I'm in a new situation and I will apply it. But it, you, you feel like you're, you're true. You're honest. I find like sometimes when I travel, it's hard because 
you know, you sort of in your own space, and then you know you go out of that. Then it's it's almost fun, you know what I'm saying, to have that whole you know like when we travel and you know, what are those strings, and you know what I'm saying like that's a fun way to talk about, you know, what are the, you know what are those strings. So this is essentially, you know, if you add up all the mitzvahs in the, in, in the Torah, in the Bible, you'll get 613, and each one of the strings and knots, and it's like, a, the, so we put it on our fringes, and it's like the proverbial red string wrapped around our fringe to remind us that we got good stuff to do, right? Oh, that's so fascinating, you know what I mean? But the weird part is, it's all built so intensely into our culture, you don't even think about it sometimes. You know, one of our employees, their animal passed away. And they were really, really upset about it. So I went to them and I started telling them, sort of not Hilchas like certain things that you that you can do to kind of like cope and and like blew their mind. Like that's so incredible. And I realized that's just something we grew up with. There's a billion pieces of brilliance that we don't even notice because they're just built into our culture. But let's say, for example, that one minute, that three minutes you have to be a kid, that's going to change their life forever. That's the one Jew that they ever met. The next Jew that they meet, they're coming with that preconceived idea from what they know from you. So you're, you're kind of paying it forward for the next person that they meet, and you never know what position they'll be in. But just came to mind when you're saying, like, these things that we take for granted. I think Shabbos is king on, in that respect. Like, we take Shabbos for granted... The, the, the beauty of it is is something that the world is trying to shut down and disconnect. And like we figured out how to do that like a little bit before that. And we do it quite well. And we, we know how to enjoy. We know how to spend time with family. We know how to how to connect Davani. We're, we're able to do that because we have this built-in disconnection that happens every week. And people are, are still trying to figure out how to deal with technology versus, you know, focus. But I think sometimes when we have it and it's so close, sometimes it's hard to relate to it. Sometimes it happens every week. It's how really like tap into it. There's so much more to unpack. It's like it's like you go to a guy and you watch him have an investment in front of his eyes. And if you double down, you would get literally double back or whatever's going on. And there's this crazy opportunity. But like sometimes it's hard to measure up. Are you is this really Shabbos or am I just really like chilling? That's sort of a, a difficulty. It is. It's a very big difficulty, and I don't know. I mean, as a parent, as parents, we know that's part of our responsibility to our kids is to show them the beauty of it and not let it become part of the routine or the negative, where we can't do this, we can't do that, and this is how we have to do it because that's not going to build up an excitement for them to teach their kids, and that's the way it works. So it's a big responsibility, and. There's nobody else that's responsible besides appearance. You and I had a conversation the other day where it was, I'm not going to specifics, but you and I had a conversation where you've been working on a deal for a significant amount of time. You told me in the years. And you were just going back to the office to make a presentation. When you walk into that space, what's your mindset? You worked hard on something. You know you're stepping in. You know you have all the stuff prepared. Going to the Imuna space, how do you walk into that? Honestly, I, I always default back. I don't know why, but I default back to Yaakov Avinu's ready to meet Esav. What does he do to prepare? He does three things. He prepares with gifts. He prepares 
for war in case he needs to, and he davens like mad, right? <laughs> and that's that's always the three-pronged approach that I'll do. So what do I do? So gifts could be any sort of pleasantry that you can do to warm them up. It could be it could be a joke, it could be something you do before the event, it could be anything that you do to warm them up, bring them closer to relate to you. Prepare for war is prepare for something going wrong as best as you could. And you know, I like to be a prepared kind of guy. So I try to think of worst case scenario, how do we deal with it? And then dive in like mad. That's a brilliant advice. And it's so funny because I think that I just go for the first one. Like this is going to work out, but it's not a contradiction to, to do, to do both. One, to do all the pleasantries and know that it's going to whatever, but then also to make sure that all of your tachbulos is the, is in, 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 in Mishle, it says all the time. You have to say, you have to make tachbulos, and tachbulos from the word chevel, meaning to say, not one plan. What is, what's a rope? It's a bunch of little strings, like not, if plan A, plan B, plan C, plan D, and if you have all that wrapped around, then you'll be fine. Tachbulos, right? Very good. But, or as you say, sometimes you got to get scrappy. That, I'm telling there you, you got to, but, 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 but I feel like sometimes me getting scrappy is because maybe I didn't plan as well. Well, sometimes you could plan for every scenario except the one that happens, <laughs> and then you got to get scrappy. Yeah, no, that's true. Yeah, that's true. That's true. You know, it's interesting. I, I, I had a, I had a chiddush. It really hit me recently. Um, the Malbim's really into words, right? All reasons why he went into what he was doing is because of the skilim and and they were dealing with Tanakh, and he wanted to come in with a good parish that would really explain everything. So. He says, interesting, he says, Chachma comes from Bechutz. So, third, things you learn from Chacham, Novin, right? That's Chachma. It comes from Bechutz, and it's a piece of information that I learned from someone else and internalized. He says, Bina is Maven Dover Mitoch means I'm learning something, and I'm learning something else, and then through those, I'm going to extrapolate a third thing, and I'm going to understand from two pieces of Chachma, I'm going to understand a piece of Bina. Chachma is something you learn from a chacham, someone else, an external source. When you internalize it, becomes when you take two pieces, it becomes bina. So I realized there's plenty of things in Torah and also in business that I've learned. And that's my bina from working on a bunch of things. And then I learn two pieces of chachma and I bring my bina. So that's my bina. When I take that and I teach that to the next person, to them, that's chachma. But it's really so much more elevated because it's Chachma built on your Bina. But, but, it's my, but, but that's my intellectual property. That's mine. That's why you have to say things in the name of the person. This is my intellectual property. This is my Bina. And then when I give that over, to them it's Chachma. But it's a piece of Chachma they're going to derive in two different places and make their own Bina, which then teach to other people Chachma. And, and that thing on both sides is what I've been realizing is I'm learning why we create this whole idea and Moon Network. I wanted to be able to take the best people in the world, sit with them, and understand how is it they go about their day rocking on the business side and rocking on the personal side, and why those things are not a steer, right? How do they do both? And then internalize those things, create the conversation, and then start learning, right? Start learning and teaching. So really, this was an incredible experience. <laughs> Thank you so much. This and other episodes are available on our YouTube channel, on your favorite podcast platform, and on our website, tyhnation.com.